Before we start today's episode of the I Am Fine podcast, we want to make sure to thank our partners at Trio. Are you anxious about the start of a new school year? Maybe you haven't been in school for a while and you're interested in going back or you're thinking about changing careers. The Trio staff at Governor State University are the perfect people to help. Trio can help with the financial aid process and scholarship searches. Trio can provide fee waivers for admissions, applications, assist with the admission application processes, online tutoring, help with GED referrals, and provide payments for the GED test. Trio provides various avenues for career explorations, as well as resume and interview preparation. If you're ready to take the next step on your educational journey, contact Trio at 708 235 3352 for more information or visit their website www.govst.edu forward slash t-r-i-o-e-o-c on today's episode of the i'm fine podcast we're going to be talking about being freaked out insecure neurotic and emotional about arguing we're going to talk about how arguing uh, affects us how arguing affects our children the impact arguing has on mental health with both in and both in bad ways and in good ways, how to argue constructively and the impact of arguing in a relationship with our friend, my best friend, my wife, the beautiful, charming, smart and funny. I'm not just saying that because she's right here. The professional arguer, Ashley Peterson. Welcome to the I'm Fine Podcast with your freaked out, insecure, neurotic, and emotional hosts, Eric Peterson and Brad Stozik. Hi. <laughs> Thanks for calling me professional. You're a professional arguer. <laughs> that was, you're great at arguing. Oh, thank you. I like when we have to change something about our bill, mm-hmm. like Comcast or Verizon, Ashley gets on the phone and, and she gets that shit figured out. Done in like five minutes. It's done, done. <laughs> Amanda does that as well. Yeah. I think it's just a, maybe that's just a wife thing. Yeah. I think, I think or so. A woman thing. I think. It just, they're scarier. Yeah. They're better when it comes to arguing sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Like a little chihuahua. Uh, <laughs> I appreciate I appreciate you being on here, babe. Oh, thank you. Thanks for having me, guys. Oh, You're very raise your hand if you feel like a third wheel. <laughs> I or a tricycle. <laughs> I like. I like that you Aww. initially, when I told you, Brad, about this, you were just like, "So am I like? Am I going to be like your therapist for like an hour?" I was like, "Yeah, <laughs> yep, that's what it's going to be. You're just, you're just going to." moderate mm-hmm. us talking about arguing uh, yep i think for the next like hour or great so. so that should be good i'm excited i'm so excited <laughs> um so i you know I, i've talked about my wife on here like a little bit we've been together for like i don't know 16 years <sighs> good job you remembered how many years have we been married don't do the math 12 years <laughs> no 11 babe ah, <laughs> you're so close i was fucking close that was pretty close so we've been together for a while we've argued <laughs> a couple of times <laughs> like once or twice nice. you know what i mean like we don't argue very much um i genuinely feel like we're better at arguing i think we're a lot better at arguing now than we were before oh yeah well i mean we've matured i mean sure. the worst arguments i think we ever had were when i was like gone when oh. I was like working out of state or overseas I mean, or whatever. That's hard. We were literally on the phone. We didn't get to see each other barely ever. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. And then whenever we did get to see each other, it was like we had the stress of our individual days mm-hmm. uh, away from each other. And then by the time we talk to each other, we're just trying to like take out, we're taking out that frustration at the same time. And we would just like, we would argue mm-hmm. a lot. Well, and when you came home, it was like a honeymoon all over again. So we yeah. didn't argue during that time and right. we're gone in like 30 days. And it was just, it was hard. Yeah. Cause at that time I was on a rotation. So mm-hmm. that was when I was with the state department where it was 135 days overseas. It was like, or 105, 35. I think it was like 105 days over there mm-hmm. and then 35 days on leave. Mm-hmm. And you so, got stuck over there at one point right before our wedding. Like yeah. you couldn't come home. Visa crisis. Yeah. yeah. I was there for like 200 some days. It was supposed to be 105 days. Oh, ended stressful. up being like over 200 fucking days. Nice. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I think that when it comes to arguing, we were talking about this and we've talked about anger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but we've never really talked about arguing specifically and i got the idea and i'm gonna keep all like details and politics out of it but i got the idea watching a community that i care about voicing their opinions on like some industrial changes that were coming to the area and i would see people having very clear concise well thought out arguments where i was like okay mm-hmm. yeah, yeah 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 those are very good points and then i saw some people that were making terrible arguments yeah. and it was like ruining the good arguments mm-hmm. and so when i saw that i was just like man arguing in and of itself was kind of interesting to me i thought about how arguing's impacted me a lot i thought about the relationship that i have with it and like what i saw growing up and i know i'm gonna let ashley talk about what her experience was but for myself i know that like i'm pretty lucky because my parents didn't really argue that much and whenever they did argue in front of me because i don't have any brothers or sisters so i didn't grow up arguing like with anybody because i had no brothers or sisters to argue with it was just myself i was i'm an only child but my parents when my parents would argue they were pretty like <laughs> they were pretty they were pretty tame like yeah. they, they didn't yell yeah my i don't remember my parents ever like yelling other than like a little bit of a louder tone but not like yelling yelling yeah or anything like that so i feel like i had a pretty healthy upbringing when mm-hmm. it came to that mm-hmm. i mean what about what about you babe <laughs> well uh arguing in my household there it wasn't like great communication obviously you weren't really allowed to argue it was you pretty much you said what you needed to say feelings were hurt you went to your room and then the next day it was just we didn't talk about it again and you for me i would take those emotions and it would never get resolved in a healthy way and i didn't know how to really resolve it and i just held in all those emotions until the next argument and then you just don't feel very confident with yourself after that where to the point where you didn't want to have any sort of argument with anybody ever so i turned into like a people pleaser so i could avoid that confrontation yeah it makes sense and also i found so much shit on arguing when i was looking up stuff for this episode that i had to yeah. take some stuff out one of the things that i took out and it's interesting that you mentioned that was that it was an article and like i said i don't have it in front of me so i I can't remember where i got it from but it was talking about how like the just the difference between it talked about how there wasn't so much an issue with arguing itself i mean there's construct there's good ways to do it and bad ways to do it but like there was a big issue 
with the resolution. There was mm -hmm. a big issue with what happened following the argument. Like if you didn't get to resolve anything, those negative emotions just stayed with you for a super long time. And this study also talked about, and I should have fucking left it in here now, but the, the study talked about how it measured people who argued, got into arguments, and people who decided to walk away from an argument and not argue. Mm -hmm. And their emotions were pretty much the same, regardless of whether they argued uh, or didn't. But the biggest difference was just if, uh, the biggest difference in, in the measure of being positive and, and being negative was like, if you got to resolve it. So I can't imagine if you never got <clears throat> to fucking resolve any arguments and it just, it's a snowball. Mm. Like, I feel like those traumatic feelings just hop onto the last traumatic feelings and it just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger until you want to fucking lose it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, what about you, Brad? What's up? Like what was your, <laughs> <laughs> you are going to be our therapist. You're just in therapist mode. Dude. Am, You're just I hanging am. out. He's right. just over there taking notes. Mm. Um, uh, so, right. Snowballs. How did that make you feel? They don't like the cold. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. What? Sorry. What was going Snowballs don't like the cold. You're a terrible therapist. No, you two don't like oh, the cold. I love the cold. We talked about uh, this on the way geez. here. All right. Sorry. Question. What was it? What? <laughs> what was your experience with arguing like because you had you had siblings yeah between that and your parents i mean was it healthy uh yeah yes and no i guess my parents my mom didn't call it yelling she just called it like talking louder so I yeah mean... but all parents also say like that they never hit their kids and yeah. shit like that you're like mm, all right yeah. i mean they they didn't argue a lot uh i just know we kind of got yelled at a lot not really i don't know yeah, it was healthy. <laughs> I was going to say, I mean, there's an yeah. average amount of, there's like an average, what I would say an average amount of arguing is. Yeah. Because it's like, you get set up for fucking failure when you grow up watching Full House. Mm -hmm. Because it's like every episode, mm -hmm. there's an argument between the parent and the kid. And then like five minutes later, it's like... Hey Michelle, <laughs> I just wanted to come and talk to you about earlier. That's what and you're I like, wanted. Oh, this I wanted is it so bad. <laughs> you're like, oh, that's how arguments work, and oh. you're just sitting there on your bed, kicking your feet, waiting for your parents to knock on your door, and that never happens. No, you're going, fuck. You Screw know what I mean? Bob Saget. Yeah, fucking Bob Saget. <laughs> um, R.I.P. Yeah. But yeah, so uh, some of the stuff that we looked up, one yeah. of the things that you looked up that I appreciated, Brad, yes. uh, was when <laughs> when did arguing become popular? Yeah, so it became popular. This is according to... Um, Not the 1950s. No. Uh, this is according to the Stanford Encyclopedia of um, Philosophy. So, so the popularity of debates dates back to the early stages in the history of uh, Indian thought. So as early as 1700 BCE. Um, but the first theories of argument, uh, argumentation only appeared around the time of the Buddha and other religious, uh, reformers. So like sixth, sixth century. I feel like, like, when do you, I, the first <laughs> argument that ever happened was for sure between a man and his wife. Oh. No, you no. think it was about religion before it was between like a, between a couple. I don't know. I think it was a, oh, Depend, you know what? <laughs> depending on what religion you subscribe to. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm fairly certain that like the second that Adam 
had that fucking rib plucked out. You're right. The first conversation was like, where do you want to go to eat? And then boom. I don't, I don't care. Argument. Uh, you want tacos? You want to go oh, to that no. apple tree? No. <laughs> I, no, we're not supposed to go. Fucking first argument right there. Uh, yeah. But so I think it's pretty uh, fitting that, you know, it was going to come around some sort of religion or something like yeah. that. We're like the first known popularity like of debates and thing and arguing in general would, would be you know what i mean centered around that yeah. yeah and there are a lot of i was so when we started looking up all the effects of arguing i kind of figured it would be mostly negative but there were a yeah. lot of positive stuff too it all just kind of comes down to like how you fucking do it how you perceive it right yeah yeah and how you go about it there uh as far as arguing with your children or arguing and how arguing affects your children. Yeah. You found some stuff on that too. Right? Yeah. Like, like, yep, I did. Man, it's getting hard to see. <laughs> <laughs> guys, guys, come on. <laughs> you can't say that and expect me not to like chuckle. You right. look up waiting. It's getting hard you know, to see. You know what's happening. All right. So, um, so a study that was done by Berkeley College, uh, it states that the kinds of destructive tactics that parents use um with each other while they're that cause harm to their children they are verbal aggression like name calling insults and um threats of abandonment physical aggressive <clears throat> aggression aggression like hitting and pushing uh silent tactics like avoiding walking out sulking or withdrawing uh capulation uh giving in that might look like a solution uh but it isn't a true one yeah, capitulation. Capitulation. The act of surrendering or ceasing to resist an opponent yeah. or demand. That's what that meant. Yes. Yeah, I mean, and I didn't mean to cut you off, but it's just like, yeah, if you're a kid and you watch one of your parents calling the other parent fucking names and stuff, like, yeah, mm -hmm. what is that going to do to you watching that every fucking day? You're going to think it's okay. Yeah. And not only that, but if you think your parents love each other, then you're going to think that's what fucking love is. Yeah. And that's even more traumatic i feel like dude you know what I, th I mean i think that's why like amanda and i will make it a point like i will make it a point to show that like i'll show my kids that i love amanda so like they'll be doing homework or whatever at the counter and i'll just go hug her and give her a kiss and like you know what i mean and they're like ew gross yeah. and they try to like split us up but i like, make good. sure that they know that i love that i love her that's beautiful and that's very good i think i love that yeah I, we've never called each other names no, I mean, I think you got close to one where you're like, you're ah, babe, like we've been together for like 16 years. Come <laughs> and then on, you that's one time. And I'm like, did you? And you're like, no, I didn't, <laughs> I, I didn't. But that's, say that. <laughs> but that's never been a line. Okay, maybe there was one time <laughs> where it may be close, but in all actuality, not bad for fucking 16 no, years. I mean, I call you a dick from time to time that's fine I, mean, I think that i don't think that's but that's, i don't do it i don't in front think of the that's kids. bad at all <laughs> also you do do it in front of the kids but i don't no, think it's bad at all I don't. but i never especially when we had kids mm -hmm. especially as the as if you're the dad it's like as a dad to daughters like i don't want my daughters seeing me treat my wife that way yeah calling my wife being demeaning yeah. in yeah. front of our children yeah. you know what i mean and i just like the impact that that can have on your kid yeah much less all the physical shit mm -hmm. like when you're getting into that territory oh my god 
they have to watch that kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. but sorry. I, I was going to say it harms like a lot of people think, oh, well, it just harms your son because it shows the son like that's not how you treat or that's how you treat a woman. Mm-hmm. But it also shows that daughters that, oh, that's the type of man that I'm supposed to love. Right. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's really doing some damage there, too. I don't like that. Well, um, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, you're reading. good. And then it doesn't say when parents repeatedly use hostile strategies with each other, um, some children can become uh, distraught, worried, anxious, and um, hopeless. Mm-hmm. Um, others may react outwardly with anger, becoming aggressive, and um, developing behavior problems at home and at school. So, I mean, no shit. <laughs> yeah. Like, I... Are you comfortable? Like, do you feel like you had any of this stuff? <laughs> yeah. I mean, seriously. No, I mean, I'm not joking. I, yeah. I, I definitely had, you know, experiences in my childhood that made arguing for me very just, I didn't feel like I could ever be confident. And I felt mm-hmm. like I couldn't really trust anybody because if i go to them about something it's going to turn into an argument yeah and then obviously when my parents would argue it wasn't always healthy and i've seen some really you know unhealthy and toxic situations and i immediately had to like remove myself from those situations so i didn't have to be a part of that and see that anymore and that triggered you know certain things in me and made me perceive relationships in a way and you know thankfully I have you to help me create a healthy relationship and show me what that's like and but if you didn't come along I mean who's to say that I wouldn't fall for somebody like that and and know and think that's okay because of the way I grew up you know like that's why women are in those unhealthy relationships because they witnessed that growing up and they weren't able to create a better life for themselves. Well, and some people say that like, when they'll see something like that, they're like, why don't you just leave? Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to pretend to understand the situation because I fucking don't because I haven't been in it. But like, if that's all you've ever fucking known, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, I'm not, I don't think it's going to be super easy to walk away from that. It's not. Regardless of how abusive or traumatic or whatever the fuck it is. Yeah. Yeah, You know what I mean? And I also thought you brought up a good point in that when you see, when, you grow up and you see that a reaction to something mm-hmm. is like aggressive in any way like that stays with you. And I feel like as a fucking survival mechanism or whatever, like you, you remember that forever and you think about that and you just assume that people are going to have those types of reactions mm-hmm. if you have to share things with them. So you don't want to share things yeah. and then you get stressed out and anxious and all this other bullshit because of how somebody reacted to, to something that you said, mm-hmm. how a parent or a, a coworker or a brother or sister reacted to something you said. Yeah. And that's not fair. And they need to do more studies on this stuff because it really is impacting the like kids. Mm. Holy shit. Yeah. like how you parent too, because yeah. I catch yeah. myself having those moments and, I think the main difference is I acknowledge and I talk to my kids and I do give them that full house experience. Like knock on their door. <laughs> yeah, hey, yeah. Lily, yeah. how's it going? Yeah, yeah. And then we hug it out and we talk about it and we feel better. And then the next time when I we get into that situation again, I catch myself and then I'm like, 
Remember what happened the last time this happened? Can we not do that again? I don't want to be like that. Yeah. Crap. I do that too. What? <laughs> yeah. So do what? The full, we full house it. Oh yeah. 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 Well, because we grew up watching it and it never happened to us. <laughs> so we're like, we want to give our kids team. that. We're like, we want to give our kids that. But I, yeah. I do think that we talk to our kids about it pretty good. Yeah. Um, I want to read some of the things that I found about the same thing and then and keep going with this thought, though. Mm -hmm. So, again, to continue on about uh, the effects that arguing has in front of your children. This is according to an article on psychcentral.com. Um, these were some tips with how to deal with arguing in front of your children, because arguing is going to happen no matter what. So some tips to deal with it. One, have a plan, uh, have a designated space to argue or a designated time to argue uh, when you can, you know, have those heated discussions. And I didn't really think about that. Like, yeah, you know what I mean? If it's dinner time, you don't want to fucking argue right there when the kids are there. It's like, okay, the garage, go to the basement, whatever, like in a professional sort of way, like, hmm, let's go downstairs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which also, as I was reading this, I started thinking about like what space I would want mm -hmm. to build for our argue place like a fucking thunderdome or something. i was thinking rage room yeah that we, oh, we went to a rage room for anniversary it's fucking great mm -hmm. it was that, so much fun that's a good idea that'd be a good place to, that'd be a great place to have an argument mm -hmm. because you would be letting out so much physical stress that you wouldn't be able to emotionally have mm -hmm. the argument anymore you would be so fucking done i think that would be a great place to do it um so yeah, have a plan, uh, learn to communicate properly, easier said than done. Mm -hmm. Watch your surroundings. Like, yeah, like do not argue if your fucking kids are right there. Like they're listening, they're watching, they're watching everything you do. Yep. So try super hard to be an adult and just bottle it up, not for your life, but just for like two seconds, <laughs> go outside, go to the garage, go to the basement, do something, try not to argue in front of your fucking kids, uh, in a destructive way. Um, talk with your child about it and make sure that they see the good. And I like those two things because we do. So Ashley and I have argued in front of our children before, and I don't think it's. We explain to them, like, we're yeah. not, we don't, we love each other. We're just not agreeing on something right now. And we've said that like while we were arguing, like we were arguing <laughs> we and it's not like we were screaming, but we were like standing in front of each other arguing. And then Lily comes up to us and starts talking about how we're arguing. And like, we pause arguing to talk to our kid really quick. It's like, no, we love each other. And then we get right back to it. <laughs> we just get right back to fucking arguing. Oh, so, I mean, just, I mean, <sighs> our time is limited. <laughs> so, this leads into my next point. This yeah. leads to my, okay, the next part of this article. Kids seeing arguing uh, does not have to be bad. Conflict that isn't abusive and has a clear resolution that's rooted in love and respect can teach a child several positive things. And this is uh, that same article that I was, that I was reading earlier. Uh, so it can teach these kids conflict resolution, right? Like we said earlier, like if, if you just don't even try to resolve anything because you're too afraid to tell anybody, you know what I mean? Like you have, you probably have kind of poor conflict resolution skills. Um, so it can teach, uh, your kids that, um, it also teaches kids that disagreements don't mean that people don't love each other, which is important. Uh, it teaches kids that you don't always have to agree mm -hmm. to be close and teaches kids, uh, how to feel comfortable when they're expressing their feelings. It's like, yeah, I mean, that's what happens if you argue, and it's not in a fucking destructive way. You need to know, 
you need to know how to argue with people because if we've know if we've seen anything with fucking social media or anything like that like people are getting so confrontational online and they aren't in they aren't in the real world and it just seems like it's adding this depressive fog you know what I mean with all the negativity from it. So I mean, I definitely think that to know how to argue in a constructive way is an incredibly crucial fucking life skill. Yeah, you know that not I mean? very many people have. Yeah, agreed. Um, as far as how it affects your partner. Yep. What do you have, Bradley? <clears throat> so this is. <laughs> well, that was very professional. Brad is Brad short for Bradley? Yeah, or Brad, like Brad Tholomew. I thought it was like Bradford. Yes, it's uh, Bradford. It's uh, Bra it's Brad. Did you say Brad Tholomew? Brad Tholomew. <laughs> yes, it's Brad Tholomew, <laughs> Lucifer, Reuben the seventh. The good, the Brad, and the ugly. <laughs> I don't know. Sorry. Yes, well, what did you find? <laughs> it's Bradley Joe. Uh, this is according to alldivorcesolution.com. Um, and that says the most common fights in a marriage are started over uh, inadequate attention or affection, sex, jealousy and infidelity, chores and responsibilities, control and dominance, and um, future plans and money. Number seven should be when one partner throws away all of the shit of the other partner and never tells the other partner that they're throwing their shit away. That should be number seven. I think. What do you think, hon? <laughs> I thought we weren't supposed to argue. <laughs> I'm not arguing. I'm telling you a thing that I would. I'm sure you would agree with. Uh, um, just so you guys know, I get paid by the minute. Sorry. So no. Oh, hey, go ahead. You do what you guys got to do. So I agree. Okay. I I understand all these things. I think that when you've been together with somebody for a really long time, yeah, you also will argue about like little dumb insignificant shit. <laughs> Always, like every a day, like a lot. Yeah, it wouldn't. It wouldn't be a normal day if you didn't. And also, like when you bring kids into the mix, um, I think I've referenced this fight before. But Ashley and I got into like a fucking barn burner of a fight, and it was uh, shortly after Lily was born, and we Lily had sleeping issues. So, like when we had Lily. We didn't sleep for fucking, I don't know, the first like six months was like off and on. Like well, we she were sick. So. Yeah. And she was sick. She had medical issues, the whole thing. Um, but there was one morning, it was like two in the morning, <laughs> and Ashley and I were at the dining room table and we were fucking screaming at each other, like screaming at both of us. We're equally screaming at each other. And then the next morning, like I walked up to her, I'm like, what were we fighting about last night? And she was like, I have no idea. Like she couldn't even remember because we were exhausted. We were tired and we were just taking it out on each other. We were just arguing with each other. Been there. And I also think too, it's like, especially if you are frustrated uh, about anything, whether it's your partner, work, your day, like you will look for a reason to try to argue. And I've caught myself doing that. Where like I felt a certain way and I just needed to get it out. Mm -hmm. And I did that by taking it out on someone, usually the person you love. Mm -hmm. Yep. And just fucking and you're just trying to argue and you're like, Jesus. And I'm gonna get to that point a little bit later because it there was something that I found that it said when you find yourself arguing, like ask yourself, like, what is happening right now? Like really Ask yourself, yeah. what is happening right now? Am I really mad about this or am I mad about some other shit and I'm just taking it out right now? You know what I mean? Yep. I know it's easier said than done. Did, did, you have, did you guys have kids while you were in the military? 
Mm -mm. dude talk about adding stress on top of stress yeah you know like the newborn stress yeah add military bullshit on top of that yeah because so did amanda have to do like everything because i can't imagine the military really i don't know did did they understand did they give you time like did so they work I with you got luckily her parents came out when gavin was born so that helped out cool well they came out like a, maybe a week later or something like that. Yeah. So that held out quite a bit. I think I got 10 days. Wow. Of leave? Yeah. I got less than a week and a half. Literally, remember? We were at the hospital and my, my company was texting me like, hey, we need you to return to work. I'm like, I'm fucking still at the hospital. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I got 10 days. But so I guess I, I'm lucky I didn't deploy at all. And my job, it had shitty hours, but every other day I had like half a day of work. Okay. So I was home by like noon. Oh, that's not too bad. But I yeah. still also slept a lot. Yeah. Because yeah. I was up at two or whatever. Yeah. Well, again, but, like part of the reasons why I think when Ashley and I were arguing the most, especially like when she had, when we had Lily, I was still traveling as a PI. Yeah. So I was still traveling like a bunch. So like she is at home going from having some help to not having any help to having some help to not having any fucking help yeah postpartum you know what i mean dealing with yeah. postpartum yeah. yep and like i'm gone and so we're just like arguing over the phone you know that what i mean sucks, and it was very frustrating so brad bradford brad brad bradford brad tholomew brad tholomew brad tholomew what about you and amanda did you guys argue a lot like when your kids were born uh yeah especially more with gavin because we i was we were young dude yeah. i was 20 i think yeah so i was like oh man i gotta play nhl and you know drink mundu and go to pt and stuff <laughs> like so i was dumb she's a saint well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know Again, how she puts up with me. Jeez. When you're younger, you argue about dumb shit. And yeah. part of the problem when you're in the military is, in my opinion, like you don't understand how hard it is to be the person that's not in the military. Right. And I think what I did was I was stubborn. I was like, well, no, I'm in the military. It's not that hard. You get to stay home all day. Like, what are you doing? Right. That's what I, I think that was the mindset that I had. Yeah. And I think, sorry. No, 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 you're good. I was just saying, I think a little bit of that's like kind of ego. And I'm saying that I'm guilty of it too. I yeah. was guilty of it too. Where I was like, what I'm doing is this thing and you're not doing something as important. Yeah. And then if anybody's ever been like a stay at home parent or, or spouse or what the fuck ever, like, oh my God. You learn real quick. Yeah. <laughs> that's Dude, a whole other thing. When I had all my surgeries and shit, I learned real quick. I oh, was yeah. like, I need to go back to work. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Something, dude. But it's just, yeah. I mean, I can understand why I applaud. argue. Uh, yes. Uh, especially ones that are in the military. And I don't know if I ever talked about this, but I actually got to do some classes with the chaplains of the Illinois Army National Guard. Um, I got to teach uh, them some stuff, share some information to them and stuff because of what we did on the crisis side of that. And how we helped out one of their one of their folks and so they invited me down to springfield i did a little presentation for everybody and i they asked me if i wanted to sit in on the rest of their training and i was like fuck yeah i'll sit in like i want to hear what's going on and, and what chaplains are doing right and they're putting so much emphasis now on couples maybe they always were and i just wasn't paying attention but like they are really trying to make an effort it seems like to have events for couples Aww. to do things together i'm like that's fucking you got it yeah that's a 
necessity. Well, I sure. think the average length of a military marriage nowadays is like six and a half months. Jesus. Dude. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, I, had, I had a Marine that got married. They got divorced so quick. They tried to like change your name to South Marine Corps. Like, no, we're not even going to recognize that. Like, yeah, 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 right. <laughs> but you think about what's going through your mind at that time. Like you're younger, you're going to war, but you don't know where you're going. Yeah. And you're just like, okay, I don't want to be alone through this. Yeah. Like, I just want to be with this person. And some people look at the benefits. You know, we knew people who got oh, married for yeah. the benefits. Yeah. We call them dependapotamuses. Dependapotamus. That's what they call them. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And everyone's like, you guys should get married before. And like looking back, I was, I'm like, yeah, you should have. Cause we obviously, you know, stayed together. But right. at the time thinking about it, I was like, no, I, I don't want to like jinx our relationship. I know how it is with when you get married for the benefits. I don't want to do that. Yeah. Yeah. That and like shortly after we got together i knew that i was gonna get deployed. i know i told you that you told me that like within like month two or something we were not together for long no. yeah and then all of a sudden like talk came of a deployment to afghanistan yeah and then i that's when i brought her to northfield square mall oh yes that's and right. we sat by the water fountains in the food court the water and, fountains were not yet and i told her <laughs> that i was gonna have to fucking deploy and then she decided to deal with that shit stop it uh, 16 yeah. years oh later are you crying yes don't cry it's okay. okay guys we'll start arguing again <laughs> good. Good. okay but back to what you were looking up brad you were uh talking about other things yep. that uh arguments can can lead to for married couples yeah this was from yahoo um so this states that uh marital oh geez this states that marital conflict that lead couples into a negative state of mind um, they tend to suffer increased stress, anxiety, and depression. But the effects aren't just mentally challenging. They can also um, cause harm to your physical health. I can definitely contest to that. When you were deployed or not, we would argue on the phone, I think that was the worst my depression ever was because yeah. of the anxiety. I remember waking up in the middle of the night from panic attacks thinking that you know, this was all over and well, it we also didn't help. It also didn't help that we were on the phone once and the building next to me got hit by rockets. Yeah, yeah and she that heard probably. that. And then she heard the small arms, uh, that small arm, she heard machine gun fire. And then she heard me say, I love you. I got to go by click. And I had to fucking hang up on her. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and that's why arguing over the phone is so fucking terrible mm -hmm. because it's like, you never it, know. You don't know when you're going to talk to that person again. You know what I mean? What so when say? that happened, did your mind go to like the movies where mm -hmm. it's like, oh my God, Black Hawk down, yeah. like shit's going like really? So you yeah. instantly thought of I thought the worst of all, case scenario? Yeah, it was terrifying. That's and I crazy. didn't know what to do. And because he's overseas, I don't know who to call, you know, I don't know who how to get in touch with him. And I remember I called one of my friends to come, Rachel, she came and sat with me. And we just waited, and I waited. I think you called me back like eight hours later. It was like six. Yeah, it was yeah. like six. Yeah. And I was like, "What?" The? At least you called back, because sometimes I didn't hear from him for days, and that was just on a normal, you know, day to day basis. And I could yeah. call her back because we had to post up, we had to pull security and all this other bullshit, and wait until everything calmed down, and wait until we got the all clear, and then I could run back to the MWR and call Ashley and be like, "Hey, everything's fine." And when I called her back, she sounded. Like she had been fucking crying for like the last six hours. So I yeah. fucking felt terrible. You know what I mean? But I was like. And I was angry at him. <laughs> yeah. She was also mad at me. Yeah. Well, the difference too that I just realized is you you were a reservist, right? Yeah. So you didn't, you didn't have the other 
you didn't live on base, did you? Mm-mm. Right. No. So you didn't have like the other spouses that were they like no. they were deployed. That's been wow, our biggest yeah. problem, you know, like argument really when it comes to anything when he has his support system of brothers. We never I never had like a sisterhood like that. Yeah. And if when you got close to a spouse, like another spouse who knew how you felt, they would get divorced and you're like, you're back to square one again. You're trying to find that tribe of people and you just can't. So nobody really understands our arguments. And if I, you know, vented to somebody about something that me and Eric were going through, they would think the worst of him. And I'm like, but at the same time, they don't see the situation that we're both in. Like, I don't want you to be angry at him. I just want you to listen to me and, and just feel kind of like you relate but they just can't yeah yeah not having a support system would suck that's you know, tough. That was that's something tough. i didn't think about because like yeah i was overseas with a bunch of dudes who were dealing with the same shit i was dealing with you yeah. know what i mean so you're not alone yeah but ashley and a lot of other military spouses like have to be alone when yeah. you're going through that that fucking sucks yeah i couldn't um, even imagine now I found a lot about fighting styles. I found some cool stuff about fighting styles. Uh, I didn't really <laughs> think about it. Argument fighting styles, not like Muay Thai and like. That's what. Okay. Yeah. I, that's what I instantly went to. We're I was like, "Fucking argue, Brad." I was like, "Blind Jitsu." <laughs> Never mind. Brad Jitsu. Brad Jitsu. Um. So. Blind Thai. <laughs> there are. Say that one more time. Blind Thai. Are you? What are that's you another one, Jake. <laughs> Can you save that one? Save that one, please. Also. Um. So I didn't think about it, but when you argue, you have you have a fighting style, and your fighting style comes from you know the trauma and whatever else you've been through. Uh, so here are some of the fighting styles I found, um, and what they say about your mental health, according to an article I found on Talkspace.com. Uh, so personal attacks—that's one style. Research uh, research studies show that individuals with low self-esteem were much more likely to show hostility and aggression towards others when compared to their confident, more secure counterparts. So think of like high school bullies, Um, you know, using ad hominem attacks uh, instead of sticking to the topic at hand, resorting to blow the belt types of tactics um, to try to like make their point and right, wrong or indifferent. Again, I don't care what you think uh, about this, but like if you were to look at any Donald Trump speech where he's going up against somebody yeah he and politics in general yeah is ad hominem attacks just saying bullshit to try to get an emotional response yeah you know what i'm saying and like again i look at that like i look at high school bullies like a kid you know what i mean like yeah. it, it's the most unprofessional destructive way i think to argue uh as far as a fighting style is concerned the next fighting style is like accepting defeat or faking indifference So in many ways, those who accept defeat or feign indifference during a fight are the very same. In both instances, the individual doesn't open up their inner thoughts, regardless of their reasoning. Whether you fear that your argument is invalid or you can't find the strength within you to craft an argument or fight, merely accepting defeat or pretending you don't care may indicate that you think others may find it difficult to understand your thoughts. And this is a common symptom of depression. As individuals who grapple with this mental illness often seek love rather than arguments or disputes simply because they don't have the emotional energy. So whenever it appears that their opinions don't align with those of the opposing party, they may act indifferent or accept defeat in an attempt to feel more loved and accepted. And like until I got that last part, I didn't really understand what that was. So it's like just... I really resonate to, or resonate to that. Just going with something because you don't want 
people to like be mad at you. Mm-hmm. You just want to like feel loved yeah. and accepted. Yeah. So you just don't even argue at all. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you you yeah. resonate that resonates with me. All right. Yes. Yeah. All right. <laughs> with me or before me? <laughs> Babe, with you. <laughs> no, right. I mean it. Like when we argue, you know, I don't like to argue. Like, I, I, I at the end, I want to be loving again. I know, and, I know, I know. And that's what I meant. Like growing up, I wanted that feeling too, and that was just something I just didn't get at right. the end of it. And right. I so desperately wanted. That's why I said in the beginning of this, like you needed that space so you can, you know, process your emotions. Yeah. But me, I'm just like, no, let's. Let's hug it out, please. Let's get to that right, point. Right, right, <laughs> I want right, to get to that right. resolution now. I can't wait. No, I understand that. Um, another fighting style is the silent treatment. And this, I feel like this is me. Um, maybe you're the type of person who applies the silent treatment tactic every time an argument or heated discussion uh, appears to arise. Mm-hmm. If you found yourself on the receiving end of the proclamation of why aren't you saying anything to me, then you may be wondering what this says about your mental state. While you may have been called out on your quiet tendencies in the past, it may actually be a good thing that you become an active listener whenever a fight erupts. There are many benefits to being quiet during an argument, especially when your rival is emotional or loud. If your natural tendency is to take a silent approach during a fight, it may serve as an indication of a sound mental health of sound mental health and that you acknowledge that proactive discussions and resolution often arise when one speaker remains calm. Just be sure to evaluate whether you're choosing to give the silent treatment uh, or you're using it like as a weapon. You know what I mean? Because you can use the silent treatment to be a fucking asshole and, and not talking about that. But there's so much to be said about like active listening. And usually I do. There are a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Where if you are having your response and we're arguing, like, I'll just be, I'll be pretty quiet. And I think for me, though, like, that frustrates me because I yeah. don't know if you're actively listening or not or if you're tuning me out. Cause right. That's, and that's something that's, like, how do you communicate that? Like, I'm listening to you. Trust me, I'm listening to you, but I'm being quiet. Right. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And honestly, I think. I would give it a solid 90% of the time I'm listening. 90% I, but I've of the seen, time I'm listening. But I've also seen you legit give people the silent treatment if they've upset you in some way and you're like, I'm not talking to them for a little while. I'm like, okay. Oh, and and yeah. I know and I know that's not you being immature. That's literally you creating that it's space a boundary and that boundary for, me. for you. Yeah, yep. it's a boundary for me because it's a very it's not a destructive way mm, right. to like go about. And I like taking my time to gather my thoughts. You know what I mean? So I, I, I think that that is definitely kind of my more my fighting style. You put people in timeout and sometimes they catch on to it. And <laughs> like after I a do. while, they'll like message you randomly and be like, hey, do you like this? You know, I can bring it by later. I have put some people in, <laughs> in, uh, in timeout. I'm not trying to be a dick, no, but I'm just not. like, it's a boundary for me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I'm not going to like make you feel bad or anything. I'm just going to put you in timeout mm-hmm. uh, in my brain, not in the real world. Um, <laughs> go sit in that corner over there. Go sit in that corner. <laughs> go sit on the stairs. Nose um, <laughs> openness, openness and honesty. So perhaps one of the healthiest fighting 
writing styles uh, that indicates a positive mental state is adopting a style that promotes both openness and honesty, offering a platform for every party involved in the discussion to speak. Those who don't communicate openly and honesty may try to uh, may do well to try and practice an open and honest fighting style generally sees the most successful results for both parties at the end of an argument. And I don't think that's fucking real. I don't think that. I don't know. I mean, it sounds great in theory. I don't I don't. What is an openness and honest argument? Like that's just fucking talking. Mm-hmm. I just don't feel like that's arguing. I it's don't a know. debate. Yeah, it's a debate. I guess you're right. If but you're, even it's, debates it's, get heated. It's able. It's being able to have a difference and then recognize recognize that difference, but still be able to be yeah civil yeah. and be able to still break bread essentially together. I'm I true. think that's what that means. I'm trying to think of an example of that, and I'm having a really hard time. I've seen. Jordan Peterson. Are you familiar with Jordan Peterson? He's, I believe he's a psychologist. I believe that's the right term for him, but uh, pretty intellectual dude. Some people love him. Some people hate him, but I've watched him have conversations with people that definitely don't agree with him. And like what I appreciate about him, because you can take away stuff from everybody, regardless of how you feel about them. Right. Is like somebody would say something and he would sit there and you would watch him. And like, you could tell he was fucking thinking about it. Like he was processing it mm-hmm. and thinking of his response. And then he would come back with a response. And there were times where he got a little emotional, sure. But for the most time, I think it's kind of what you're talking about, like open and open and honest. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think I think that's, but you, and that's the honest part. You have to be able to be honest with yourself to accept that other people, not everybody's going to think the same way as you. Yeah. Of course, there's going to be arguments. So it's just, why not just, recognize the differences but still have the ability to, to still communicate and lo- i guess love each other essentially you know what i mean yeah 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 for oh man that's <laughs> <laughs> so beautiful you are a great therapist brad hey i Bradley. i'm telling you that's why i penny. charge by the minute oh, dude, all right uh <laughs> since psychology reveals that getting into healthy arguments can be beneficial to your relationships keyword healthy uh it's crucial to develop a constructive fighting style that not only helps you enjoy deep and proactive communication but also enhances a healthy mental state what do you like i told you guys my fucking fighting style is pretty much this mostly the silent treatment and i try to get into openness and honesty i think um what if any of those fighting styles stick with either one of you guys um Accepting defeat, faking indifference, personal attacks, silent treatment, open and honest. I think we've like experienced that, like a little bit of everything. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say, like I've, at one as point, we've our, grown as up, we've grown up, like, yeah, there's true. been times where I've given you the silent treatment in our youthful yep. years, and that was as a punishment to you, right? So, you, again, a timeout, and then so you could re- think about what you did was wrong. And, I love that wives think that when uh, they give their husbands a silent treatment that, that like you guys love it yeah, that, that it bugs us like oh no yep. I'm just Sorry. I'm waiting for Amanda to get a spray bottle like, no, <laughs> bad. Down. I have actually done that to Cece. Spit it out. She did it to Cece once, and it was the funniest fucking thing in my life it because worked. she because Cece does not. She's our youngest daughter. She's full of piss and vinegar. 
and like <laughs> Ashley sprayed her in the face with a little spray water bottle that we use on the girl's hair when we're like brushing yeah, her hair. Yeah. And the look that she whipped around with her three-year-old face and was just like, fucking what, dude? Like the look on her face was like, she was mad and surprised. She wasn't like sad. She just didn't know how to feel about it. And then she's just trying to shake it off like a raccoon that got like snow on its face. It's like what the it was but that was very funny to me um <laughs> yes brad your fighting style is it more is it more the open and honest it's a little it's a mix of everything man yeah. it, it, it is i've been i've been childish given the silent treatment i've just yeah we've all been childish at I've, some point, it's you know? yeah dude i've but you have to learn i mean it's a mistake you realize that it wasn't healthy and yes. you've moved on from that some people don't do that and that's, that's and that's what life is that is the uh, who told me was it you or was it somebody else but somebody said like i think it's you the, the purpose of life or the meaning of life is that what you say is to find the purpose yeah yeah like yeah, is to make a meaning it's yeah like to find your own meaning like that's the meaning and that's is to give it meaning yeah, yeah. and i think when you're open and honest i think you're well on your way to being in that on that path of like finding oh, definitely. meaning for your life and you know what's cool i think i'm there yeah or close i think i'm close I had a conversation with another guest of ours, uh, Connor, the other day, and one of the things that I was telling him, we were having a really long, deep conversation about shit. We weren't intending it for for it to be, and he told me, you know, some really nice things about how much how he appreciates our relationship. Mm-hmm. And I told him that, like, dude, I don't feel like I have anything figured out. I just feel like I'm perpetually figuring things out, but I never think I have anything figured out you know what i mean no yeah i think that's a healthy way to go about it yeah i don't think you ever can no no one ever will no i don't think so i don't think so either yeah um so a couple of things i found as far as how to argue uh that i thought was pretty interesting according to an everyday health article they interviewed a dr robert allen and a dr maria thestrup and i'll be referring to their names a couple of times in this so excuse me how to argue first thing Start with respect. Uh, Easier said than done, but approach your partner or whoever you're arguing with with respect. Mm -hmm. Setting boundaries, such as agreeing to avoid using toxic language like name calling, can be very helpful in terms of having a more productive uh, argument because it makes the exchange more likely to stay positive. It's also a way to show respect to the other person, even while disagreeing with them, which I think is super important. Uh, But Dr. Allen says, be very flexible because you have to recognize that it's hard to be a perfect communicator when you get emotional. Mm -hmm. So you do the best you can. And I I like the professional courtesy aspect of it, because if you're having that, Mm -hmm. I feel like what you're saying is, despite us having this disagreement, it's not enough where I'm going to be like fucking condescending or like forget who you are as a person. Mm -hmm. It's just we're just having this conversation. So I definitely think if you can start with respect, that's a good idea. Uh, Come in with an open mind. Don't judge the argument before it's even started. <laughs> I'm I'm guilty of that. I know you're guilty yeah. of that. Like it's easy yeah. to do. You know you're about to get into an argument, uh-huh. so already you're fucking getting in gear. Sometimes I'm amped up like on my way to like home. I'm like, oh, I'm getting room for this. Argument. You get no. excited to fucking argue with me. Don't your you? Dialogue. He says this, I'm gonna say this. He says uh-huh. that, I'm coming back with this. He's done, bitch. You're reading the women's mind, Brad. That's exactly like, how it works. But you so you have to be careful. Uh-huh. To not do that. Uh, you have to yeah. set aside your ego mm-hmm. and you have to set aside. And this is the hardest part, I think. 
set aside what you think is right and true. Ugh. And that's the hardest part. It's so hard. But how do you do that? Honestly, I just honest, honestly trying to just stop yourself for a minute and just trying to like self-evaluate. That that's the only back, way. It goes back to like the feeling that you used, that I used to get as a child. Like I didn't feel like this feeling was ever validated and I want that feeling to be validated now. So I want you to understand that regardless if I'm right or wrong, I want that feeling to be validated. Well, one thing we've tried that I feel like has helped and it's hard to do all the time because you have to like with respect and the emotions and the balance, like it's really difficult. But like I have told you before, like we're okay, mm -hmm. but we need to take a time out. Yeah. So I can write some stuff out. Yeah. And like then we'll come back together. <laughs> like I've, I, I've that's only been able to keep my composure. To get to I know. This point. I know. But I've only been able to keep my composure to do that a few times. Like I'm trying to learn how to do it better because so I'm trying to work with your with your stuff <laughs> in that okay i understand yeah. that you you feel that way so all i can do is try to make sure that you know that that's not the case mm -hmm. while still trying to have my feelings mm -hmm. and then let you know we're going to talk about this and we're fine and like we love each other and it's fine yeah. but just let me go to the base of it okay i just need to go outside for a minute mm -hmm. so i mean and then my dumb dumb brain's like why does he have to do that <laughs> no babe i don't think so it's uh but Okay, so yeah, that was number two. Brad, what, were you going to say something? Oh, no, no. I was just in our therapy He's session. I was notes. taking notes. I was going to say, wow. So, um, Ashley, it sounds like you need to be hugged and loved. Oh. Eric, it sounds like you need to be alone. Yeah. yeah. So, that's but, great. It's This is a great... Like all dad slash husband slash whatever. It guys sounds like you guys need a puppy. Uh, oh, no. No, no <laughs> you got a puppy. I Definitely do. not a cat either. But, so, I mean, I do think that yeah, setting your ego aside is very difficult, but it can be done. Yeah. It just, it really comes down to you understanding that, like, I'm going to be with this person. I'm still going to fucking be with this person. I know mm -hmm. I want to be with this person. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't make sense to, like, have this huge fuck. Like, I need to feel whatever I'm feeling and try to process my way through that. But I need to do it in a way that's not going to be destructive to my relationship. So if that means I need to do this for myself, because I think a lot of guys are like that, yeah. where we just we feel like we have to be alone, maybe. Mm -hmm. I don't know where that comes from, but I just feel like I need to be alone yep. so I can work through my own shit. And then usually I like, and I've referenced this book multiple times, um, and even though I did that, I t totally fucking blanked on. <laughs> oh, Emotional Awareness. Emotional Awareness uh, by Dr. Paul Ekman and his conversation with the, with the Dalai Lama. And it was in that book that Dr. Paul Ekman was talking about how he gets into arguments with his wife. They were talking about, he was talking about how what he likes to do is he would take a break and he would write a letter of what he was mm -hmm. feeling. And then he would wait the, until the next morning. He would read the letter the next morning, and if he still felt that way, he would give it to his wife. If he wanted to make changes, he would make changes. And I did that. I've done that a few times, and then you you started responding back, and it's like, well, I well, started doing email. it too. Yeah, and <laughs> I, the reason why I love doing that with my own feelings is because sometimes you'll think you have a great argument oh in your fucking head. And then you write it out and you read it and you're like, I'm a fucking idiot. Like, this is stupid. Like, it's an easy way to self-check. You know what I mean? Yeah. But also, it really look, lets you look at everything. And I feel like when you're more analytical like that about your message that you're trying to send to your partner, then you're going to start looking at it a little bit more critically. At least 
I do. And I'm like, okay, this could be taken that way. I don't want it to be taken that way. I'm going to change the words around a little bit. So this is more constructive. And then by the end of it, it's a fucking, it's a letter. But I mean, I'm effectively communicating what I want in a way that I don't think is going to be uh, emotionally like traumatic for the person reading it. So, I mean, I do think that that's a great, a great thing to do that I like to do. Um, so the next one on here, recognize underlying pain points. So we kind of talked about this earlier. Uh, Ashley, you brought it up. If you keep getting in the same fight over and over, you got to ask yourself, what is happening to me? What's happening to the other person? Even long married couples uh, that Dr. Thestrup sees are often repeating a particular fight because of a past pain, like something in childhood. That doesn't mean that those feelings aren't valid or that your partner shouldn't try to avoid something that triggers you. But recognizing when the fight isn't really about what your partner is doing can make those conflicts less emotionally fraught, which in turn makes you more likely to reach a con conclusion or a resolution. So again, it's like bringing that previous pain into your argument. Something happens and because I, my fighting style is the silent treatment mm -hmm. and that was traumatic for Ashley, you know what I mean? Now she's bringing that past pain into this which is going to make it that much harder for us to have a resolution, yep. right? And I still have to respect that, which is easier said than done. But I mean, that's like the fucking dance yeah. that you play. I was going to say, there. a lot of this stuff is <laughs> a lot easier said than done. Yeah. Like this entire list. Mm -hmm. But it all goes back to what we what I said earlier about like listening to people and just yeah. agreeing to, dis not agree to disagree, but like realizing your the differences. Just being opening, open and honest. Yeah. Like you said, yeah. Uh, the next one, practice active listening. So we talked about this a little bit earlier. The American Psychological Association defines active listening as psychotherapeutic technique, a psychotherapeutic technique during which the therapist listens to a client closely, asking questions as needed in order to fully understand the content of the message and the depth of the client's emotion. I do think I'm a pretty good active listener. Like I ask oh, yeah. a lot of questions yeah. when I'm listening to somebody, you know, because I want to know, I want to feel mm -hmm. like I understand whatever it is that you're telling me. Um, Dr. Thestrup said that the technique can help you have healthier arguments with a partner, a friend or a family member because it forces you to focus on what the other person is saying mm -hmm. and where they're coming from rather than focusing on a defense you might mount. So like, and one thing that I thought about when I read that was like sometimes when I'm if you're having an argument and I'm having an argument with Ashley and she says something and now all of a sudden I'm I'm starting to mount a defense to that thing that she's saying and I'm not even listening to her anymore because I just want to get my fucking point in. Mm -hmm. And again, it's just destructive. Mm -hmm. It's just it's not going to help come to a fucking resolution. And I do that. I'm thinking of what I want to say while you're talking. Right. I mean, I think fucking everybody. everybody, does I, everybody that, but, yeah. But yeah. Uh, so do it by listening closely to the other person, even restating what they're saying in some cases. Alan, uh, Dr. Allen says, ask questions and get clarification. Try to slow down and not offer your rebuttals right away. Practicing mindfulness can help train your brain to do this better because you're teaching yourself to focus on the moment or the task at hand. What? Damn, Brad. It's like you writing this shit. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> number, number six, remember you're on the same team. 
Uh, it's why you're having the argument with the other person in the first place, as opposed to ignoring the problem, says Dr. Allen. So don't assume bad intentions. You have to remember you're on the same fucking team. Mm-hmm. Um, number seven, hit pause if things get too heated. Don't be afraid to hit the pause button and revisit the conflict at a later time, says Dr. Allen. Maybe you always get into a fight in the morning as you're rushing out the door, for example. Ten minutes before bedtime may also be a bad time to try to work out a conflict because you're already tired. Agree to set a time that's going to work for both of you and talk through the conflict then. Again, Easier sounds way... Yes. <laughs> Especially when you got kids and a job and all this other shit. Yeah. yeah. Morning and right before bed is the only time you really get Right. Yeah. 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 Uh, reach a solution, number eight. So just because a conflict becomes heated or challenging, don't give up on it. It's all right to take a break if you need a timeout or if you don't have time to solve the issue at the moment. Uh, so, But don't abandon it entirely or it will come up again, says Dr. Thestrup. And the last one, stay curious. Ask yourself, what is my part here? Uh, think about what got you so upset in the first place. Why are you in this argument? What triggered you? If you can recognize what bothers you, you're more likely to find opportunities for personal growth. Because I have done that where I've asked myself why I was fucking mad or why I was having an argument with my wife. And there have been times where I was like, it's because I had a fucking shitty day. It's because <laughs> like whatever. It's because yeah. of something that she had nothing to fucking do with. Yep. And then you're like, all right, like it's a little bit easier for me to eat my words when I'm like, okay, I know I'm fucking being wrong. You know, um, a couple of things about getting in, into it too much. I want to talk a little bit about arguing on social media. Uh, we did a social media episode and we did an anger episode. So we covered some of this stuff already, but this is one article that I didn't have on there that I wanted to bring up. Uh, so according to an article on medium.com, Uh, The medium of our communication can influence the perception of our understanding of a situation. So we may end up taking a very different idea of an argument while reading than uh, than that of watching or listening the exact same thing. So the thing that I think about with that, Key and Peel. Did you ever watch Key and Peel? No, I watched some of the clips on Facebook or whatever, but I've never like watched the. Well, they had a sketch. And it was a really good sketch. And I'm just going to paraphrase it, but it was like they were texting each other. And that was the whole sketch. And they were in like two different locations. And one of the guys was like texting the other person to go out that night. And the other person was receiving those texts and responding back. And because of the nature of the text message, one person was looking at the text in like a positive or like just a careless, like everything's fine way and the other person was reading every word with such like a depressing or angry type of like context in his mind yeah so he was making it out to be this completely different situation it's like it's why arguments aren't meant to be had on social media they're just not meant Mm -hmm. you don't you're not getting a good picture on yep. anything when you just fucking argue with somebody on social media. You know what I mean? Yep. So I thought that that was, uh, I really agreed with that. Um, in that same article, they give reference to another article by Stock, uh, Dr. Steven Pinker, a cognitive psychologist where he gives his opinion on why we take part in virtual fights online. So according to Pinker, we have a genetic tendency to engage in fights, but acting out in violation is not a social norm in our society anymore. So because of that, we find other places to settle our urge to fight. Some find it in watching a sport that has physical engagement like mixed martial arts. And so many of us find find it in fighting strangers online. Keyboard warriors. Yeah. So why do you think people want to argue so badly online? It's a release. 
It, it, yeah, and it's a, you're it's hiding instant behind a, release. Sorry, no, you're fine, bro. Um, you're hiding behind a computer, right? Like, so you, you're tough. You're invincible. You can say whatever you want. Well, I don't, and I don't think it just comes from like having a an ego as much as I also think it comes from just you having your own fucking pain. <laughs> like yeah. you're just whatever. You, it's just you're not happy with your life. You're not happy with something. And and because again, when I think about when I was at my worst. I wanted other people to feel the pain that I felt. And so what does that mean? That I'm going to be a fucking asshole or whatever. I'm just going to try to make other people feel bad. And yeah. I think part of the reason why you do that, and I don't know, I have zero scientific evidence of this, <laughs> but I feel like part of the reason why you do that is because in that moment, you don't want to feel alone with your pain. Um, can you please leave the you doctoring I mean? to me? Sorry. <laughs> Dr. Bratholomew. Um but yeah, I don't, I mean, I, no, I yeah. agree with both of you as far as why other people argue online. Um, and, and then there's another article in the Washington Post, and this one was titled, What to Do When Someone You Care About Keeps Getting Into Fights Online. And I just read this, and I was just like, I'm going to send this. Everybody needs to send this Wait, to who, their aunts and uncles and grandparents and parents. This? It was an article in the Washington Post. Oh um, but that's how they titled it? What to Do When Someone You Care About Keeps Getting Into Fights Online. Like, I just think of that that person that's typing in like all caps to every fucking comment that's just mad about everything. Um, so in neuroscience terms, you get the same hit of dopamine from posting something crazy uh, that you would from telling someone the exact same thing, according to psycholo uh, psychologist Doreen Dodge McGee. Uh, but that dopamine rush of posting online comes without having to manage other people's responses in real time, allowing you to avoid the consequences of what you've decided to share. So you get a dopamine release by just being a dick online, like you get a dopamine release by saying that shit. And not only do you get the dopamine release, but it's coupled with the fact that you know that nobody's going to fucking call you out. Like nobody can do anything to you. I mean, well, I say that, depends, but it, it yeah. depends on the situation because people get fired over the shit. True. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? But it's crazy that you get like that, like a dopamine release just from saying dumb shit online. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um. So in the article, where do you, you say something? Uh, yeah, that just made me think something. Do you think that's like evolutionary because of like where technology has taken us? What do you mean? Like, like what? Like the dopamine release because like the advancement in technology, it's like humans now get a dopamine release from being angry on right media. from social media from because think about it. Remember like the experiment they did with the where the monkey hit the thing and got the treat or whatever. Yeah, and yeah, the, yeah. it was they got the dopamine release from hitting the button. Right. It's the same thing. People are getting yeah. a dopamine release from, do you think it's like an evolutionary thing? I mean, I think what evolves is just the things that are giving us the dopamine, that dopamine like the activity. Because, yeah, it's like it's pushing a button to get a fucking peanut or posting some dumb shit online. Yeah. You know, I mean, that thing's always going to change. But, it, yeah. So essentially the same thing. Yeah. 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 I think you're right. Um, so what do you do for this person that won't stop arguing online? Uh, here were some of the things that, that they said in this article. They said, reach out to that person, but not online. <laughs> Posting your response as a public comment can force people to have to perform a response. And I was like, that's such a good yeah. fucking way to put that. Like, if, if you read some, like, if you see 
somebody arguing yes and then you'll see somebody commenting on it like trying to figure out what's wrong like they're going to have this crazy deep conversation sometimes it's genuinely a really nice concerned family member yeah but other times i do feel that like it's somebody that's like performing Mm -hmm. a response so i thought that was a pretty pretty good way that they put that um they have to put their two cents in yeah uh Use whatever method you normally use to reach out, whether it's on the phone or text. Phone calls are particularly optimal for this. Manage your tone. Make sure you don't sound accusatory. Try not to diagnose, label, because that can stop the conversation right in its tracks. Don't just talk about the post. Try to get to what's underneath it. If you only respond to the contents of a post, it's like cutting a weed off at the dirt level. Uh, It's just going to come right back up, Dodge and McGee said. Uh, reach out to your friends, friends. Don't be afraid to use the report button. I don't really agree to the last two because I'm like, if you're saying wild shit online, <laughs> I'm not going to talk to your friends. Like, did you see what Brad said? Like, what the fuck is wrong with him? Like, should we talk to him? And I don't think I've ever reported anybody. I don't think I've ever reported anybody. Nah. I don't think. So I found another article too that I wanted to get to that I thought was pretty interesting. It talks about how to deal with someone who is trying to get you to argue with them. And this was according to Psychology Today. Uh, So as soon as you recognize that that the difficult person is trying to engage you, use a mental distraction technique. And I've thought about this before. I love this idea. And uh, I never thought about putting it into action when it comes to arguing with somebody. So once you realize that the difficult person is being characteristically difficult and is on the brink of getting you to engage or join them in their negative feelings, distract yourself while they're talking to you by making mental lists think about uh the birthdays in your family uh shit you need from the grocery store your favorite movies just start making lists in your head one thing that i do when people are just annoying the shit out of me is i'll just start like singing songs in my head <laughs> like i will do that type of shit like my mental distraction game is pretty solid what and songs honestly, are you singing? Uh, most of the time right now lately it's been fucking baja man who let the dogs out oh, and nice. sing it all the time but so I think about I had to do stress shoots. Did you ever have to do like stress shoots? Or anything? Uh, I don't know. I don't know what that is. So I would have to do in training both for the military and State Department DOD like stress shoots where you would have to uh, run and do a bunch of push ups and then take your weapon apart, put it back together and fucking fire accurate rounds, like do all this other shit. And when you're doing all of that chaotic, stressful stuff, like you got to be able to. I think use some mental dis like distraction yeah. techniques. Yep. And so like I feel like in moments like that, like I'm it's pretty easy for me to just like think about, man, I really like the movie Forrest Gump. Let's start from the beginning. <laughs> and I just like start thinking about it while somebody's talking to me about something negative, something I don't care about. Like I'm not even here right now. You see me here? Mm-hmm. I'm fucking not here. Like I'm great at doing that. I need to do that when it comes to if somebody wanted to confront me with an argument. And what I think about Do you do this with us, huh? Not ever, not fucking one time. But can I tell you the perfect example of this? You remember the movie The Water Boy? Yeah. What would he do? Like he would look at the person that was talking shit, and then their head would turn into like a baby. Oh, remember? Yeah, yeah, and he was yeah. just like, You're just a little baby. Remember? Like that's like a mental distraction technique. Dude, I think that's a military thing. Yeah. Because I do that all the time. Yeah. You it's, have to learn to do it. It's so easy for me to just like zone out and just like think about anything else literally yeah Yeah, i agree i'm the same way yeah that's a so it's great to think that about that in terms of like it's some it's a tool that i should use in a situation like this so i like that a lot my problem is i use it for evil and not for good how do you use well i guess you. (laughs) oh you know how i use it for evil 
I don't think I do now. No. Do you mean? <laughs> I'm intrigued. No, I was just saying like when you're supposed to be paying attention. Yeah. 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 Like, like being you're supposed married, to be paying like attention and you're just zone the fuck out. Yep. Yeah, like, yeah, I don't yeah. know, the beginning of this podcast. <laughs> I've I've never done that. I pay attention to every word you've ever said, hun. It's 16 years. 15. 16. Ooh. Look 16 at all years. that brown all over his nose. 16. <laughs> That's racist. Um, so number two. Remember that your power lies in your ability to stay calm. If you lose your cool, mm -hmm. the difficult individual has gotten what they want out of the situation. That's something that everybody tells you. Like, don't fucking lose your cool. You know, that's how they win. Uh, difficult people don't have awareness about what's really going on with them emotionally. Again, because they lack self-awareness. But they're often unhappy and in a negative mood anyway. Uh, unconsciously, they try to get the people around them to feel the same feelings they feel, which is what I fucking said earlier. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Except that you will never win with a difficult person. That's something that I have uh, I've struggled to, to understand. Um, and then this one was a quote and I was like, man, that was a great one. Never argue with someone who believes their own lies. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, I didn't think about that until I read it. What the fuck the po is the point mm -hmm. of arguing with someone who believes their own lies? You know what I mean? Like everybody, I everybody here has dealt with that at some point. Everybody's oh, yeah. dealt with that. You can't be rational with a rational person. So if you're dealing with someone who believes their own bullshit, like you're never going to win that argument. You know what I mean? So yeah, never argue with someone who believes their own lies. I really like that. Uh, Brad, how would you, what did you find about how to stop an argument? Yeah, so according to psychcentral.com, uh, there's three ways to stop an argument. You take a pause. Think about what you're trying to say. Uh, number two, make a repair attempt. So something to de-escalate uh, the situation. Uh, you have to know your partner. Um, silly gesture. Um, a caring physical approval. Oh, sorry. A caring physical approach and things like that. And then <laughs> number three is a timeout. So <laughs> the repair attempts. The repair attempts is good. And I like that because yeah. I... I we definitely, do that. yeah, With I definitely humor, do that. Especially. I definitely do that a lot where we, and it's, you got to time it right. Uh -huh. Like you have to know your partner. Yeah. Uh, but like every once in a while I can time it perfect where we're at like the peak of our argument uh -huh. and I can crack the perfect joke. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, the argument's gone. That's funny. Like, we've done that before, and and because and we've also talked about how like close anger and like all these emotions are. I feel like from like I don't know an energy perspective, a vibrational perspective. I don't know, mm -hmm. but like I feel like when you get to the height of one emotion, it's easy to go to another one. Like I talked before about um, that comedy special where the guy shared this really sad, deep thing. And then the next thing he said was a fucking joke and it was hilarious. And you're going from crying to laughing. Mm -hmm. Like, I think you can do that when you're arguing too. So making a repair attempt, if you know your partner really well, or like a care, like a caring physical approach, like you said, like, yeah, doing something like that at the right time if that's what they want you know if they don't want to be touched then obviously you wouldn't want to come up to them and give them a hug at that time but i definitely think a repair attempt is a good way to to stop an argument 
Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, the other thing I found, how to get over an argument, also according to psychcentral.com. A couple of things. First one, think about the relationship. Like, really think about the relationship. What are you trying to get out of it? Is this something that's actually going to end the relationship? If not, maybe you should kind of reevaluate, you know, why you're getting so frustrated at that moment. Um, understand that avoidance is not the answer. And the other one, could the other person actually be right <laughs> why are you looking at me like that? just because you're a guest on our podcast because, and i'm just appreciating your beauty that's why because i'm always right i'm just looking at you <laughs> i was just no that's all um so there's also a lot of positive things about arguing and that's what i, I wanted to talk about a little bit because people think that i mean i think a lot of people would think on its surface <laughs> I don't, even, I don't know that? what that was. I think that was a little microphone. Yeah, I, like, I think a lot of people think on the surface that arguing is just inherently negative. But again, yeah. there are positives uh, depending on how you're, ar how you're arguing. So the positives of arguing according to an article in Psychology Today. Uh, in particular, facing the need to argue uh, can be energizing and motivating. The topics that bring about arguments remind us of what's important to us from our core values to our goals for any given day. Arguments also give us the opportunity to think about and voice how we feel about our relationships and who we are as friends and dating or, or dating partners. It continues to talk about how arguing helps you uh, learn about yourself and, and get to know your partner better. And that's for sure true. Like when you're really into a point when you're so emotionally charged that you want to argue, you're arguing on behalf of yourself. So, I mean, whatever you're saying, like that's who you are. Like, I'm not saying if you're doing something destructive or name calling or whatever, if you're arguing in a constructive way, it's because you're standing up for yourself. Mm -hmm. So you're, you do get to see who you are and who your partner is. And so I do think that that's a pretty cool positive. Um, but yeah, I, I mean that was the that was the big positive that I found when it comes to arguing. What did what do you guys think about that? Do you think there's any positives? Do you I, agree with that? I like the idea of being able to argue and then you are standing up for yourself because for those of us who didn't get to do that for so long, you know, we finally got to have our voice. And it's great, let me tell you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love it so much. Duh. I love oh, it so man. much. Ah. <laughs> What a but great episode! Because there's not going to be an argument after this. No, you have we to solved if, all of our marriage problems. If you're in a fucking relationship and you don't yeah. argue, like we've been out with other couples and another couple oh. argued, never fucking bothers me in the slightest. And mm -hmm. like they'll apologize to me sometimes if they're like a newer couple. Like usually married couples yeah. are like, we're gonna fucking argue here, okay? And I'm like whatever, you guys do what you get. <laughs> the real but test like, is the canoe. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> yeah. So I don't know if I shared this story. We went uh, canoeing with two other couples okay. once. Okay. And if you want a test for if you like just a, it should just be a good relationship test. Mm -hmm. Go with your partner on a canoe trip for like four hours. Okay. So we started with three canoes, all couples. Okay. So shortly into the trip, two of the canoes started arguing with each other 
It was it was it Not was the us. other two canoes. <laughs> Ashley and I were fucking solid. Like we were we had a couple of blunts. Like we were we rode wave past everybody else because they we were, were arguing and we you could hear it carry across the water. So we were just like fucking we got up there uh-huh. and one of the both of the kayaks ended up flipping. The other two kayaks, like because of the argument. Mm-hmm. Like one of the people flipped the kayak oh to piss off the other person. So that happened to both kayaks. One of the people lost either their phone or something in the river. One the, got out and started walking. The other got out, swam to shore, uh-huh. walked back. <laughs> no shoes, nothing. And so because it was a big ca- canoe, not a kayak, uh-huh. uh, one of the people got into that, uh, got you got into the it's boat a, with the remaining female. Uh-huh. The two guys got into the other kayak, and, and then I had to fucking row one kayak all the like by myself Five. the entire way. We were the only ones that were fucking fighting. <laughs> we were so exhausted. Really. Oh, Ugh, never good yet. test. Good test. <laughs> but about, we passed. We did a great job. But like I said, though, if you're in any any couple when they argue, I'm just like, yeah, that's just a normal thing. Mm-hmm. How? One thing that would worry me is if a, if I knew a couple for like a super 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 long time and they never argued like ever or never they don't have to argue in front of me but just like like How was your parents though your parents similar they've argued a little it's just i what the point that i'm driving at is that it's important for two people to be able to share their individual feelings and i feel like eventually that's going to come to some sort of argument mm-hmm. i think it can be very constructive and mm-hmm. i saw that with my own parents but it's just like if not it's just one person like like I was talking about fighting style, just like laying down and just like letting the other person do whatever the fuck they want, say whatever the fuck they want. Like yeah. that's not the world we're supposed to be in. You know what I mean? So I think arguing is positive. It can be very fucking positive. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. So other than that, about wrapping up, my friends. How yeah. are we doing? You guys got any other thoughts about, about arguing? Should we argue? <laughs> I can't. You know why? Because I love you too much. Aww. Yep. I've never argued with you. <laughs> You're a damn liar. Do you guys have anything, anything else you want to say? No. Nope. I'm good. No. That's, Thanks uh, for having me, guys. This of course. Is you are welcome. Well, oh, I'm glad you 1030, that's going to be 493 Do you take insurance? $493? Yep. Do you take insurance? Are you in the VA? VA? Nope. Fuck! I'm, on, an, I'm an independent. I'm an independent uh, community care Are sort you community of certified care veteran. Disco. <laughs> uh, sure. <laughs> uh, I will take a Jimmy John's sandwich and a ride home after this recording. We can do that, but Jimmy John's is probably fucking. <laughs> no, <worse>. I know. <laughs> um, I'll make you a sandwich, Graham. <laughs> Last thing I wanted to say before we wrap up: Veterans Day is coming up pretty soon. So if you're out there and you're listening, a couple of things we have going on, a few things that we have going on. So at A.N. Weber at 11 a.m. on November 11th at A.N. Weber in Kankakee, uh, we're unveiling a statue of my friend Ray Ollie. Uh, really happy to do that with his dog Eleanor. He's a World War II veteran, fought the Battle of Leyte Gulf, biggest naval battle in history. Died on the Fourth of July in 2020 because he's a fucking gangster like that. And uh, we're doing we're thanks to JoJo Sason and uh, a nonprofit that I sit on the board of the Ray Ali Memorial Foundation. We're going to be unveiling his statue finally. That was constructed in the Philippines, sent here. And uh, we're going to be doing it on Veterans Day. So you got to check that out if you can. Uh, at 1 p.m. Uh, November 11th, we're going to be at Steam Hollow Brewing, uh, our favorite brewery. 
veteran owned and it's going to be a veteran showcase. So we're going to have a bunch of organizations that have something to do in the veteran space and they're all going to be hanging out. We're all just going to be hanging out one-stop shop. Uh, we might be doing some giveaways, some raffles, some other fun stuff. So if you're in Mantino, definitely got to check out steam hollow brewing. That's from 1 PM to 5 PM on veterans day, November 11th. And then, uh, the ultimate Garth Brooks tribute with Sean Gerhardt will be at 7 p.m. Uh, at the Majestic Theater in Kankakee. Our friend Dave Sadler and his wife Amanda at E5 Productions are throwing this really cool concert to raise money for fat. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you got to go check that out. You can buy tickets. If you have any questions, just check out our website, projectheadspaceandtiming.org or a Facebook page, same name. Um, but it should be a very busy and a very fun day. So until then, babe, thank you very much for coming on here. Thanks for having me. And you too, Brad, because it's always good talking to you too. Thanks, man. And thank you out there for listening. Hopefully we helped you go from being fine to being fine. And we'll talk to you again real soon.